You're listening to the newest episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life with your host, Kim Olver. This is Kim, and welcome to the 44th episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. Today, I plan to talk with you about the biggest lie in coaching, but I want to cover some myths about coaching first. I love being a coach. It's such an honor to be chosen as the person to walk alongside another during a specified period of time to help them accomplish something important to them. Helping people is one of the things that makes my heart overflow. There are three myths about coaching that I want to discuss before culminating in the big reveal of the biggest lie in coaching. Myth number one. Coaches can help you with any problem you are experiencing. This is not true. In fact, when a person becomes a board-certified coach, they attest to the following BCC Code of Ethics. One of the items listed is that a board-certified coach must only offer services in areas where they have education or experience. They must be qualified. Certainly, coaches can have several areas of expertise and experience, but they shouldn't be assisting clients with goals they don't know anything about. For example, I work with people on relationships, including the relationship they have with themselves. I do coaching around couples, parenting, leadership, relationship with self, diversity, coaching, and the application of mental freedom in their lives. I also help clients write and publish their books. I wouldn't offer to coach someone who wanted to improve their scuba diving skills, market their business better, or improve their stock portfolio. These are things I don't know anything about. Myth number two. When I decide to hire a coach, any coach will do. One size does not fit all. Partially for the reason already mentioned earlier, but also because it's the strength of the relationship that determines the progress in any helping relationship. The most important thing in coaching, in addition to the coach's expertise, is how well you get along with each other. This is why I suggest, if you're considering coaching, you'll want to ask any potential coach if you can have a 20-minute free coaching session to get the sense about whether you like them and their style of coaching. At the same time, they'll be able to determine whether they think they can help you with what you want to accomplish. Myth number three, questions alone are the way to help people achieve their goals. There are some coaching programs that teach coaches the skill of asking questions to pull the answers from their clients. This is a skill coaches absolutely need to do an effective job. However, coaches who only have this skill in their coaching toolbox will miss opportunities to assist the coaching process. With choice coaching, teaching is a big part of the coaching process. That is one part, and providing feedback is another skill that's important. Let's unpack those. People can't know what they don't know. Asking someone questions they don't have the answer to can be incredibly frustrating, both for the coach and the client. This may seem like common sense to you, but if you're a coach and were trained to always ask questions, you wouldn't know any other way. 
And if you've never experienced coaching, you might not know how frustrating this can be. Sometimes coaches need to provide information to clients they might not know about. The example I use is this. Imagine you, the coach, have walked a path your client is planning to walk, and you know when you were on that same path there was a swarm of killer bees. Asking your client, are you concerned there might be killer bees on your path, won't reap much benefit because your client would have no idea about the bees. You do. You would be remiss not to provide your client any information pertinent to their goals that you may have. Feedback is also important. I'm a diehard choice theory enthusiast, and Dr. Glasser valued self-evaluation over others' opinions, and in most cases, I agree with that. However, we all have blind spots. It's virtually impossible to self-evaluate about something you don't see. Sometimes, coaches need to tell their clients about what they see from a different viewpoint. The coach wouldn't provide the feedback as if they had the ultimate answer, but rather as a perspective that might be true or maybe incorrect. As an example, suppose you're the client and you have devised a plan to help you move closer to your partner. You're working to make your relationship better, but your partner is not coming to coaching. If the coach notices that things you're planning to do may not be received as helpful by your partner, wouldn't you want your coach to tell you that? I would. People in relationships tend to speak their own love language, even if their partner speaks a different one. Let's say your love language is quality time and your partner's is acts of service, and your plan involves taking your partner away on a trip. You think this is going to be the best gift ever because you're going to spend a lot of quality time together. However, your coach remembers that your spouse seems to favor when you do things for her around the house. Your coach could keep asking you questions about the vacation, but you may not see the problem because you're so focused on your own love language. A coach may provide the following feedback. It sounds like you're very excited about this trip. I'm wondering if you've considered the things your partner most appreciates when you're making your plan. If the client still doesn't understand, the coach might say, I could be wrong about this, but I seem to remember the things your partner appreciates the most are when you do things on the honeydew list. I'm not sure this trip is going to have the impact on your relationship you're hoping for. What do you think? Providing feedback is a skill that isn't needed often, but there will be times feedback is necessary and providing it in a tentative, exploring way, not sure if you're correct or not, allows your client to consider what you're saying and then decide if it makes sense to them. But the biggest lie in coaching centers around the belief that just because someone's been through a similar situation as you, they can help you with yours. Usually when looking for a coach, people try to find someone with expertise in the area they're trying to develop. For example, I do coaching with parents. I've raised two sons, and for their teenage years, I did so as a single mother. This means I can responsibly coach people who are struggling with parenting concerns, right? Yes, I can coach people who are going through parenting issues, but I should never make the assumption that what worked for me will also work for my clients. 
There are so many factors that go into creating a plan and even setting goals in the first place that are contingent upon personality factors and things unique to the individual. When I first started coaching, I seemed to attract a disproportional amount of clients who were considering leaving their job to start their own businesses. They almost always ended up asking me if I thought it was a good idea for them to quit their jobs. Of course, a coach wouldn't answer that question. It's not up to the coach to give advice one way or the other. But then my clients often came back with, would you quit? I was always careful to say, I could certainly tell you what I would do, but what I would do may not be the same as what you should do. I went on to explain that I had the perfect need strength profile to become an entrepreneur. I had a lower need for safety and security, meaning I could tolerate not knowing when I would be able to make a deposit into my bank account. I had a high need for freedom and a moderately high need for significance. This translated into my ability to be a self-starter and see a project through and my lack of needing someone else to tell me what to do. I was built for this lifestyle. That doesn't necessarily mean that my way would work best for anyone else. Some people need to work the regular job and develop a hobby. Some will want to keep their regular job and develop a side hustle that may or may not turn into quitting their job and going full-time later. Others may drop their full-time job to part-time so they can create and ease into their own business. Still others will take the plunge, quit the job, and go full steam ahead into their entrepreneurial pursuits. Just coaching everyone to do what I did would be irresponsible. There are other coaches who put themselves out there as what I call a mentor coach. They are not asking their clients questions, rather they're teaching them to do something specific that they have already had great success with. There is nothing wrong with hiring this type of coach. I have in the past and I'm currently working with one right now who's helping me grow my Instagram following. They advertise that if you follow their plan exactly, you'll experience similar success. Like most people who have had mixed success with these programs, the challenge is that you need to be a lot like the person hawking the program, and often you need to be in a similar situation to have the same success the coach has had. When I've invested in marketing coaching in the past, it didn't work that great because my product is not physical, so it isn't marketed in the same way. When you're hiring a coach, you definitely want a coach who's been successful at what you're trying to accomplish. That's important. Then you want to get to know a little bit about your prospective coach to determine, one, if you think you can get along with them and form a healthy coaching relationship, and two, is the coach similar to you in personality so you can be reasonably assured that if they had good success, you are likely to as well. You should choose your coach with much the same care that you take to choose a life partner. In fact, you can think of your coach as a platonic sort of life partner. Your coach is the one who's going to support you and be your cheerleader when you need one. They are also going to be the one who holds you accountable for your commitments and challenges you to go beyond where you even think you can go. Choose them wisely and run what they tell you through your own filters to see if what they're saying fits for you or if you might want to take a different direction. Remember, you are the boss of your coaching. Your coach is your employee 
and takes their directions from you. Tell them what you want and need in a coach and from your coaching sessions. Then move forward and accomplish your dreams. I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast and that you'll join me next week when I'll be changing topics from coaching to couples. I'll be talking about surviving an affair. I'm looking forward to it. Talk with you then. This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at www.therelationshipcenter.biz forward slash podcast and remember to subscribe.